Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Base Hit Ball 4. As always, my name is Glenn Zanigris alongside Tyler Blumenstick, Scott Roswald, and Alex Cashman. Huge show. We're finally here after all that's happened back in March, the season getting shut down, sitting around doing nothing for three months, the long negotiations between the PA and Major League Baseball, um, COVID uh, altering the schedule midseason between teams like the Marlins and the Cardinals. All doesn't matter anymore because we finally made it to playoff baseball. We have we're going to be set all month here on base it before anything something drops. We're going to hop on. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be sick. Um, it's going to be a great month of baseball. But before we get into the wild card series and go game by game, series by series, and make our picks, we have to take a moment of silence, guys, for Scott's Phillies. We have to you know we have to pay our respects. Scott, if you want to give a 30-second eulogy to the season, that would be nice. So before we get into the teams that made the playoffs, let's respect the teams that did it. And we'll start with Scott and his Phillies. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, just, a, just a disappointing season. Um, they, were, they were built to go to the postseason. Major League Baseball changed the rules to help them get to the postseason. And they still couldn't do it. Um, I'm just sitting here waiting for Matt Clentak to get fired. Um, that's really the only thing that could ease my pain a little bit is the firing of Matt Clentak. So that's it. It was just a flat-out disappointing season. Second-worst bullpen in Major League history. Um, that's, that's saying something. So rest in peace to the 2020 Phillies. It's a shame because, you know, go, they, they were first of all, they were, you know – unfathomably still in in the last day of the season they had to go two and then everything and seven. That, everything that happened that could have put them in the playoffs the brewers and the cardinals losing or however however it was giants it happened so all the all the phillies needed to do is win one more game so they had to go they had to go two and six of their last uh eight games they went one and seven that's like, uh, so rough you know what at that point then you don't deserve it yeah and and the giants needed to win one out of three and they they lost all three to the Padres. So you hate to see it. But yeah. now we move on to the teams that are still alive, and we're going to go series by series and give our picks and give our analysis and tell you what's up. We're going to start in the National League, and we'll start with the one and eight. So the Dodgers ran through the National League with a 47, 43 and seventeen record. Unbelievable, probably. You know, obviously the best record in baseball. They're going to play the Milwaukee Brewers, who backed into the playoffs at a twenty-nine and thirty-one record. So, guys, let me pose you this hypothetical or this question: The Brewers upset the Dodgers if blank happens. Thanks for what you got for me. I, 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 is there I even a fathomable like reason to if to, pigs fly? Like, my answer would be the whole team has to go out to the strip club and contract COVID like the Marlins did. I I don't see a possible way that the Brewers beat the Dodgers. I mean, just basically going off of my MLB app on my phone right now. So that game, the first game of that series is tomorrow night. Um, it's Walker Bueller going for the Dodgers, and it says Brewers to be determined. I feel Bueller. like a day out for the playoffs, if you don't know who's starting game one for you, that's a huge problem. Um, they're going to do that shit they did last year. I was going to say, they're gonna that means we're getting a rant. We're going to play a lefty, have the Dodgers stack righties in the lineup, and then pull them out after one batter, and then catch well, no, them. They made the MLB actually change a freaking rule. Like The MLB yes. had to change a rule because of those scumbags in Milwaukee. So I hope they get swept to the Netherlands. They stink. So it is a rematch of that 2018 um, NLCS that went seven games. But, you know, when you have Walker Bueller, you have Clayton Kershaw, you have Dustin May, and Bueller. the Brewers don't know who they're pitching, it's, they're probably going to go with an opener because I don't really think they have a starter that they trust wholeheartedly. It's, it's really tough to see a scenario where this team makes, makes a run. I think this is it's a three-game series, right? Yeah, yeah, it's best two out of three. I see. I think the Dodgers are going to win in two. Now, the Dodgers have had this kind of these demons in the playoffs the last 
few years. Now, I'm not sure they're going to show themselves in this series, but it's something to take of note. I mean, they were heavily favored in the first round last year against the Nationals, and then they lost in five, and Kershaw blew it in game five, gave up that grand slam to Howie Kendrick. So nothing's impossible, especially in a shortened series like this. But up and down the rosters, the Dodgers are 43-17 and for a reason, and the Milwaukee Brewers were 29-31 and for a reason. So I think it's going to be Dodgers in two, if you guys want to give your official pick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree too. I think I think this postseason bubble and lack of fans will help Kershaw. Um, he can just go out there and pitch. He doesn't have to worry about fans whatsoever. He can just do his thing. I think that helps him. So Dodgers in two. Can we just touch on something real quick? Is it crazy to give Devin Williams the Cy Young in the NL? Yes. With what he's done this year? 27 innings, one earned run, eight hits, .33 ERA. I know the innings are low and it's a yeah. shortened season, but I feel like over the course of a season, it'd be interesting to see how long he could keep that going because that's definitely a streak that would win you that title, even as a reliever. Yeah, I, I think Trevor Bauer would have a few words I to agree say. 100%, but I, I don't think it's a crazy thought to put him up there and have him receive votes. I don't know. He's been tremendous, but the problem is how many innings can he throw in the series? Trevor Bauer should be Maybe Emperor one of the two. United States. The what? Emperor of the United States? Yeah. It's above president. Cash, did you have above coffee this morning? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't drink coffee. Oh. Well, well, this is the first time we're recording in the morning, so we're very groggy, I guess, this morning. No, I'm just saying that I think Trevor Bauer is the GOAT and he should be Emperor of the United States. So Dude we're doesn't all, mince words. We're all in unison with Dodgers and two. Yeah. Yeah. Quick series for the Dodgers. They move on to the NLDS, which they will face the winner of the Padres Cardinals series. Now the Cardinals had a whole bunch of problems this season, not really their fault, but they had some of their schedule wiped out because of COVID. They were, I guess they sat for 14 days. Why isn't it their fault? Well, I, when I say not their fault, I I meant not their fault, like on the field. You know, having a like playing the game of baseball. I don't know, Cash. But is it they went ball? out and got COVID, didn't they? That's on them. Well, yeah, nobody's going to, out like looking they, for COVID. They went. To no, they kind of did. They went to a casino. They were they were looking for it. Regardless, they play the Padres that are thirty-seven and twenty-three. Now. Any all the any four or five matchup in sports is very interesting because so all these teams are close and obviously the favorite's going to be the Padres and the team that everybody's going to want to move on is going to be the Padres because of how exciting they are. But you shouldn't overlook the Cardinals. This is a veteran team. They've been in the playoffs before. A lot of these players are uh, at least Yachty and Wainwright are still on this are still from the 2011 team that made the World Series and won the World Series. So. Uh, the, the Padres should be favored, and they will be favored, but I don't think the Cardinals are a team. I have a prediction. They're not really an exciting team, but they're a solid team that in a two- to three-game series can beat the Padres, in my opinion. Cardinals in three. I don't think three. they will, but they could. Cardinals in three. Really? What, what makes you say that? They have postseason experience. And just in a short three-game series, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm taking the Cardinals. I, I just – like I said, they only have to win two games. I don't know. The Padres were exciting this season, and you know maybe they'd be exciting in the postseason, but I don't think we'll get to find out because I, I think that uh, reality is about to hit them in the face a little bit. Yeah, I'm with, kind of with Cash there. I don't know if the Cardinals are going to pull it out necessarily. I want to see what happens with um, both Denilson, Lamette, and Mike Clevenger because their their statuses are both up in the air, and those are really – they're one and two guys. And, I mean, aside from Paddock, I mean, you could put him up there. But I don't think there's a clear – I mean, Clevenger should be the clear one. But after that, like, you don't really know who's their best starter. I mean, no one's really separated themselves from the pack. So, you know you're getting Adam Wayne, right? You know you're getting Jack Flaherty. And it looks like the Cardinals are going to throw out um, – I don't know if I'm saying this right – Quang Hyung Kim, um, who is 3-0 with a 1.62 ERA over 39 innings this year. Um, a 32-year-old from South Korea who I never heard of before this year, but that's a pretty impressive stat line um, to go and face one of the 
best lineups in the National League. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting series. And like Cash said, over three games, anything can pretty much happen. So it's going to be wild, pretty wild all across the board. I'm going to take the Padres. Um, they're the th- record-wise, they're the third best team in baseball playing as a four seed in the National League because of coming in second place in the division. Tatis is just so exciting. He, I mean, he's been a little cold the last couple weeks, but Manny Machado has really stepped up for them recently and has been tearing the cover off the ball. Um, you talk about postseason experience with the Cardinals. The Padres have that in Eric Hosmer, a guy who went to back-to-back World Series, knows what it takes to lead that team. Um, but you guys are right about the Cardinals. They have the experience, Yachty and uh, Wainwright bounced back this year and have had great years for them. Um, this is probably a series that goes all three, um, but I'll take the Padres in three. Yeah, so we're, we're – Tyler, you have the Cardinals? Um, I, I'm going to go with the Padres in three, but I just think the Cardinals are somebody to look – or they're a team to look out for only because yeah. of the uncertainty with the lineup. A I lot mean, of people forget this. The, the Cardinals made the NLCS last year. They for, We forget because they were – they got swept by the the Nationals, who ended up winning the World Series. But yep. you know the Cardinals; they're not they don't they're not the they're not the most exciting team. They don't have the their firepower that the Padres have. But they're as Cash said, a solid veteran team that has been in the playoffs many times before. They know what they need to do to move on, and they very well could. Um, but I think the Padres have something going. I think if the Padres pitching staff specifically Clevenger is healthy. I think that's big. And I think there's a little bit of a, you know, a destiny for the Dodgers and Padres to meet at some point in the playoffs. So with that being said, I'm going to go Padres in three. So we got three of us going Padres in three and then cash going cards in three, which I I can see for me, Glenn, I, I just think, say, for example, if we go hypothetically here, say the Padres run Mike Clevenger out there. In his last start, he threw 12 pitches and got pulled. Now, in a three-game series over three straight days, say that happens, the Padres are setting themselves up for failure because say his arm acts up and you need to go to the bullpen to fill seven, eight innings in one game and in the first game, going forward, like you are really, really taxed in terms of guys throwing back-to-back days, guys having to throw three days in a row, and you really have to get creative. So it's going to – you got to really make sure those guys are healthy because you can't really afford to run into big issues and, and tax your bullpen in the first game of a three-game set. And even if that, even if you make it through the three-game set and that happens, that's going to hurt you for the LDS and the LCS because there's no off days. So exactly. this playoff format was designed not only for there to be no off days and have the the season over as quickly as possible because of the pandemic, but also to kind of make the postseason more like the regular season in terms of how managers use their pitching because you don't need because all these off days really shorten starting rotations from five to three and then you have all these off days to rest your bullpen it's not like that anymore you really need to strategize when you use guys and how you use guys to optimize you know the the high leverage situations that you get day per day so if the Brewers, let's say the Brewers have to throw, you know, Hader, you know, two innings today in the eighth and ninth, is he available for game two? That's something they have to think about. Or the Padres, Yates, or whoever their, you know, top relievers are, if they need to throw multiple innings in game one, then that really affects the way they can be used in game two. Maybe they can't be used as much as they can. So it's really going to be interesting to see how these managers deal with their pitching staffs, specifically their bullpens. Totally agree. All right, we're going to move on to the 3-6 matchup, the Cubs and the Marlins. Coincidentally, the last time the Marlins made the playoffs was 2003, and in that NLCS, the Marlins beat the Cubs. The uh, the famous um, Steve Bartman game with the Moises Alou and the, the crowd reaching over. So the Cubs come in the three seed at thirty four and twenty six. The Marlins, probably the most shocking playoff team this year, at thirty one and twenty nine. Will any of us dare say Marlins in three? All right, I would dare to do it. 
I got Marlins in three. But it's not. I got Marlins in three. Put it down. I got Marlins in three. Jeter's a winner. It rubs off on the whole culture. Let's see who's pitching in game one. I'm sure it's. It says to be determined for every single game based off. um, Really? Okay. I would assume it's Sixto Sanchez for the Marlins, and I would assume it's Kyle Hendricks for the Cubs. Or it could be John Lester. John Lester threw on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I don't think okay. that would. I mean, I don't think that Dar- Darvish as well. Oh, Darvish as Darvish. well. That's right, Darvish. Um, I think the Monarchs can win the series. I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility. Um, I think they, they have a scrappy team. They have a team that doesn't know any better. They have a team that feels like they have nothing to lose. And let's be honest, the Cubs, even though they had a good season, won the NL Central, they, their last few playoff performances have been disappointing. In 2018, they lost that wild card against the Rockies. In 2017, they lost the NLCS to the Dodgers. And in 2019, they didn't make the playoffs altogether. All so there's a lot of pressure on the Cubs to get back to where they were in 2016. And then it's really dangerous when you get these, I guess, Cinderella teams. You get them in, you know, the NFL, especially in the NCAA tournament with these Cinderella teams, these mid-majors or teams that aren't expected to do much. They have house money and they just ride it. And I think the Marlins are a very dangerous team for the Cubs. And I think they have good pitching. I think in a short series, guys like Sixto Sanchez and then – Whoever they throw out in games two and three, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not entirely scared of the Cubs lineup. I think it's a good matchup for Miami. I wouldn't be shocked either way. Yeah, yeah. I, I you guys are making the case for me that I might have to pick the Marlins. I'm. I'm looking at the Cubs stats right now as a team. They're terrible. How did they Chris win? Chris Bryan has very has struggled very much. How, how did they win the Central? This team stinks. Do you know who led the team in batting averages here? Billy Hamilton? Jason Hayward <laughs> led the Cubs in batting average at 265. Like, good for him. He, he had a good year. But this team stinks. Ian Happ had the most home runs at 12 season on the this, year. This team is really, really bad statistically. I, I'm, I'm like baffled that they like are as good as they are. Yeah, Darvish had a good year, and I Hendricks, think they just rode on their starting pitching. Hendricks had a good year, but that'll do it in a sixty-game season. If you have two starters get a good year, and yeah. one of them being a Cy Young Award type year, you're going to be fine. I'm picking the Marlins, guys. It pains me to say, but I'm picking the Marlins. I've seen them kick the Phillies' ass all year long, and they are—they have something special going on. Um, yeah, I'll take the Marlins. So, put me I just down. Just want to kind of play well. off of what Scott said. The Cubs are 20th in the league with 4.42 runs per game. Um, let me look at opponents' runs per game. They are seventh with which uh, with four against. So, yeah, it's back to what Glenn said also is that they're riding on their pitching. And it's not really that big of a disparity, but they've won close games. Like, they're winning – they won by an average of, what, .42 runs a game over the course of 60 games. That's pretty crazy. And if we know anything about the playoffs, it's, you know, good pitching will stop good hitting. But you have to hit a little bit. And the Cubs really struggled hitting. Baez had a down year. Chris Bryant had a down year. As Scott said, Hayward – who's normally in the bottom of the league in batting average or the bottom of the team in batting average, led the entire um, team in, in, you know, in batting average. So it's, it's, it, the Cubs haven't really hit this season. And I watched the Marlins. I watched all three games they played against the Yankees. They're a good team. They know how to do things that other teams just refuse to do. Like I saw the them small bunt, ball. and I saw they them do. steal and I saw them move runners you know, over and I know, saw maybe, them take first to third. And as maybe, the Yankee fan, I haven't, seen that in my entire life maybe this will be a wake-up call for all of those it's kind of like 2015 kansas city royal things that's really helpful in the playoffs cash go ahead maybe this will be a wake-up call for major league baseball because this is what you need to do to win baseball games you got to play some small ball you know and i've been saying it all year that you know i'm going to use the yankees as an example because i watch most of their games they don't score unless they don't run 
they don't win unless they hit home runs. And that's a huge problem in the playoffs because when you're playing a three-game series, you could go through a three-game drought of not hitting a home run and get and lose. And well, the I whole season can send – What? It was, it was Saturday, and, I mean, we can get to it later, but Tyler Wade laid down the first successful sacrifice bunt for the Yankees. Yeah, that's pathetic. On Saturday. That's unbelievable. It's sad. Took 59 it's games. Ridiculous. Absolutely crazy that you can't execute a sack bunt. I, Over the course I'm of six sorry, games. and and I know that we're not talking about the Yankees right now, but we're talking about small ball. I, I'm going to put it out right now. I don't think the Yankees went in the World Series because of that reason. I, I I'm sorry. I I'm a huge advocate of small ball. I don't give a shit what the statistics say. I don't care what the analytics say. In a three game series or or a five game series or a seven game series, you can go cold for three or four games and not hit a home run and lose the playoffs because you can't execute a bunt. So the Marlins are going to make a run in this playoffs because they know how to play small ball. And it'll be a wake-up call for all of Major League Baseball. God, I hope it is because it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, all they did, they do, well, they don't strike out this team. Like the Yankees could not strike them out at all. They, they put the ball in play. The, one, the game they won on Friday night in the first game of the series in extra innings, they won because there was a sack fly and they moved runners over. The Yankees didn't help them because they botched a rundown. But those fundamentals of baseball that the Marlins do very, very well is very dangerous, as Cash said, in a postseason series because, you know, no other team does that. Um, so I'm going to also take Marlins in three. I think the Marlins are going to be a very exciting team. I don't think they'll go all the way, but it's nice to see a little scrappy team go up against these behemoths like, you know, the Cubs and the Dodgers and, you know, fight. And they, have, they don't have the firepower to do what the Dodgers do or do what the Yankees do or do what the, what the Braves do or the Cubs and just hit the ball out every single time. So they have to invent ways to do things, and they have to invent ways to win. And they've done that to a 31-29 and 29 record. Don Mattingly is most likely going to be the National League Manager of the Year for the job that he's done. Um, so good for the Marlins. And I think that the Cubs, you know, they might walk into this series and say, hey, this is kind of – this is kind of ours. We're going to take this no problem. And that's a dangerous kind of mindset to have because the Marlins aren't a team you should be um, overlooking. Absolutely not. Don't overlook the Marlins. They, they will come in and steal your lunch money and just embarrass you all day long. If It's what they do. I've seen it for the last decade. They, they pick on teams when you, you think that they're just going to walk in there and just – beat them they they fight so don't sleep on them all right so we all in agreement marlins and three wow i would say so all right that's that i did not see that coming i thought i'd be the only one all right moving on to the last series in the national league i think this is going to be an upset as well the number two seed braves when it came in at 35 and 25 and the reds stormed into the playoffs 31 and 29 now in a short series when you have power and Sonny Gray, the way he is pitching, I think the Reds are going to win this series. Braves in two. Why? Because <laughs> I said so. Okay, well, this is a podcast. So we should inform <laughs> why you um, so. No, you know, I think that the Braves have something to prove. Um, you know, they've won the National League East, what, three years in a row now? Um, last year, they got absolutely embarrassed in the playoffs by the Cardinals. Um, and you know, it comes to a point where the regular season starts to mean nothing anymore. You know, when, when you are going to continue to play so well in the regular season, come into the playoffs and just absolutely shit the bed, it means nothing. Um, so I think they got something to prove and I think they know it. And, um, you know, their pitching has been good. Their lineup has been hot and they know how to hit. They know how to play small ball and they know how to hit when the game's on the line. They're great, great seven through nine inning team. So, I got Braves in two. Is that good I'm analysis? I agree with. Is that okay? Huh? Is that okay analysis? Perfectly fine. Yeah, I think it was great. <laughs> but I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say I like the the Reds to win this in three. Um, I just think the starting pitching. I mean, outside of Max Fried for the Braves is a little sus. I think the the three man rotation of Bauer, Gray, and Luis Castillo are. It's possibly one of the best three in baseball. I mean, outside of maybe the Nationals, and they're not even in the playoffs. Um, the I mean, just to throw some stats at you, the 
Cincinnati Reds have let up five or four point oh five runs a game this year, um, but the Braves have scored five point eight. Um, but then you flip it, and it's kind of the opposite. It's the Braves have let up a decent amount with their pitching, and the Reds are kind of that middle of the pack team. At let's see, I don't know, I don't have it anymore. But I just think the Reds bats can do enough, and I think Bauer is absolutely on a mission. Like this guy went into his last start of the regular season saying, "Hey, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to put on this performance, and I'm going to." literally make them rip the Cy Young from my cold, dead hands. And he did that. And now the stakes are even higher. And I just think he's going to go out there and do it. And you just need one good performance from either Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo. And, and they both have the ability to blow up in that spot. But I think that one of them can get that done against whether that's the two or three starter for, for Atlanta. I don't even know who it's going to be right now. Um, but that, that's a concern for me. Like, I, I know the Braves have the best lineup. Ozuna was nearly a triple crown winner this year. He's like maybe a dime away on the batting average. He led in the uh, RBI and home run categories. Freddie Freeman was part of the reason that he didn't win that triple crown because his batting average, I believe, led the league. I don't know if he beat Soto. Yeah. Um, no, Soto won. Soto won? Yeah. Yeah, so it was Soto, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Ozuna, and – uh, that lineup is you, you can't mess with it, but I just think that the Reds can do enough with the pitching and really eat this one out. I think the Braves, if they had that, you know, that second guy or that second ace to go along, Max Fried can not only win this series but also win the World Series. The problem I is, I don't, they don't they don't have that. Um, I'm concerned after Freed who they have to neutralize the Reds lineup. Now the Reds lineup is not as good as the Braves lineup, but they're good enough to score runs against the Braves two and three guys and kind of, and, and eliminate the Braves, even if the Braves do win game one with Max Fried, because if you have Castillo and Gray in games two and three, the Braves don't have anyone Scott to match up with those two guys. And I, it, it, I think it'll be it, this is a tough series for the Braves, and I think their lack of pitching depth is going to be um, exposed here. Yeah, that's that's absolutely the key is who steps up behind Max Fried. Ian Anderson has come up and had a good six starts. He's got a one nine five ERA, but he's a rookie. He's never done it before. We haven't seen him, you know, in this situation. Um, it's going to come down to that pitching. Um, I, I'm going to take the Braves just because of the lineup. They hit, they hit, and they hit some more. Somebody we didn't even mention, two guys we didn't mention, Dansby Swanson's had a breakout year for them, uh, hit 274 with 10 home runs. And Adam Duvall, a guy who used to play for the Reds and had a good, a, a good little time there and then has bounced around in the minors, hit 16 homers this year for the Braves in – and carried them at some points, you know, in September. Um, plus, they have Ronald Acuna Jr., who My seems, dude. To, seems to turn it on when it, it matters. Um, He's a stud. So, I, I think I think the Braves will get enough pitching behind Max Freed. Plus, their, their hitting is just that good. Uh, so, I'll take the Braves in three, but... I think this this might be the best series, best matchup in the first round of the playoffs. These sure. teams match up very well. Um, so Braves in three. Okay, so we're split down the middle. We got two of us voting for the Braves, two of us going with the Reds. Let me ask you guys, guys this. Aside from the Dodgers, so put the Dodgers out of the equation for a second. Do you think the Braves are yes. under the most pressure to advance to the next round based yes. on what happens the last two years? Losing the first round. Yes. I think they'd be a shoo-in had Mike Soroka not torn his Achilles. Like, him, Soroka and Max Freed would be a very dangerous one-two going forward in that playoffs. And not that they're those big-name guys that are going to kind of woo you and really, like, make you shake in the box, but they're good guys, like, out there on the mound. And it's enough to really – they're good enough to let that lineup do the work. And – He's just he got hurt to no fault of his own, but it's just unfortunate. So I don't know. It should be probably the most entertaining of the series, as Scott said, in Major League Baseball, because I think these two teams, I think these two teams, and then the Yankees Indian series is the most fascinating to watch 
but we'll get to the Yankees and Indians later. We're going to move on to the American League. We'll start with the 1-8 matchup, uh, divisional matchup, between the Rays and the Blue Jays. Rays come in at 40-20, and 20, AL East champions, one seed. Blue Jays come in at 32-28, and 28, had a chance to move up to the five seed, but they lost the season finale against Baltimore. Same question that I posed with the Dodgers and the, Bra- and the Brewers. The Blue Jays win this series if blank happens. Um, the Rays starting pitching doesn't pitch like they should. Okay. And I think it's entirely possible. Part of me thinks that the Blue Jays can eke this out. Just watching the way that they played the Yankees, the Yankees didn't play them very well, and the Yankees handed them some games late in the season like that. But to put up between 10 and 15 runs against the Yankees with the guys that they have, you have to have some talent with the bat. And then they do. The Blue Jays have the ability to score runs and really surprise people. They're a young team where like, people don't really expect them to be contenders now, but with the expanded playoff format, they made it in as the three spot in the East. And they have guys like Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, you have Vlad Guerrero, Lourdes Gurriel. You have these guys that are just, coming into their own, and they're fearless, much like the Marlins. They're more talented than the Marlins in terms of, I guess, higher prospects, bigger name guys, whether that's because of themselves or because of their last name. But these guys are are scrappy, and I think scrappy teams are going to be somebody – there's a team to look out for going forward. And the Rays just don't – they're not convincing. They could have the best record in baseball, and I still don't fully believe that the Rays can make a run in the playoffs. Uh, so, so my answer will be um, the Blue Jays will beat the Rays if the legacy kids hit. Because yeah. I think they will. Uh, Vladdy Jr. Has, has picked it up recently. He's finally starting to you know really hit the ball. Bo Bichette is incredible. That kid just does some amazing things on the field. Uh, Biggio has been he's, – he's just solid for them. Guriel is solid. But I think one of the, the guys that's been slept on is Ta- Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, he's just as valuable for them um, out in right field as, as anybody in that lineup. Um, it, it's, a, it's a lineup that I like a lot better than the Rays. But pitching, it's the opposite. I like mm-hmm. the Rays pitching so oh, yeah. much more. Then I like the Blue Jays pitching. Um, I I just think it's it's going to be a lot to handle for the for the young kids of the Blue Jays to to hit every single game and carry this team. So I'm going to take. I think they steal one, just because they're going to have a game where they they hit a couple home runs. But I'll I'll take the Rays in three, just because of the pitching staff. They can. They can bullpen a game like nobody else. Um, and they get timely hitting. I mean, the Phillies were pretty dead this last weekend. They didn't really show up at all for their final three games down in Tampa. But the Rays just – they had timely hitting. They they play a little bit of small ball. They take the extra base. Um, I hate them defensively because they play four men in the outfield and it pisses me off. Um but they're they're just a team that kind of does the little things to win a game. So Rays in three. I think the Blue Jays are a dangerous eight seed here. I I think game one they have Ryu on the mound. He's no scrub. He's a good pitcher. Can he go out there and can he beat Blake Snell in game one? Yeah, sure. I don't see why he can't. Um, I think the Blue Jays have a better offense than Tampa, but again. Good pitching in the playoffs normally neutralizes good hitting. And this Blue Jays team, for as talented as they are, are still quite young. Um, Guerrero is still 21 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Guerrero is young. Bichette is young. Teoscar Hernandez is young. Guerrero is young. None of them have ever played in the playoffs before, albeit there's going to be no fans, so it's a little bit different to say things like that in this sort of postseason. But in terms of pure talent, the Blue Jays can take this series based on how they hit and just the talent that they have. But the problem with me with that is the Rays pitching staff is probably from 
the your ace to the last guy in the bullpen is probably the deepest remaining in the playoff field. And I think that's what put the, puts the Rays over the top in the series. I think they can steal the game with Ryu, but I don't trust Shoemaker in game two for Toronto in comparison that I trust Glass now in game two for the Rays and, or Morton in game three for the Rays. So I think the starting pitching is going to be the key role for the Rays in this series. And I think if the Blue Jays can find a way to just have this hot streak like they did in that three to three out of four against the Yankees in Buffalo where they just hit home runs every time, I think then it could be an interesting series. But as we talked about previously, when we talked about the Marlins and the small ball, the problem with these teams that rely on the home run ball is that it's not that easy to just constantly keep hitting home runs. Eventually you're going to get neutralized by, you know, whatever pitching staff you're up against. And no pitching staff is better than prevent, at preventing the home run than the Rays are. So I think the Rays are going to win this series in three. I, th- I agree with Scott. I think the Blue Jays can steal one. I think if they're going to steal one, it's going to be game one. I think they're going to – if they're going to win a game, it's going to be that quick, you know, punch in the mouth to the Rays immediately in game one. If they don't win game one, I think it, it, the series ends in two. But I'm going to go Rays in three, and I think the Blue Jays are going to win game one today. I like it. I like it. What do you think, Cash? You're muted. Okay, now you're actually muted. Fix it. (laughs) All right, should we circle back to Cash? Yeah. Yeah, we'll circle back to Cash. (laughs) Oh, got it. There we go. There we go. There it is. Um, Raisin 2. Raising tough time. Uh, yeah, man I mean, of many words. <laughs> they're a good team. Um, I think the Blue Jays stink, and I think they played a really bad Yankees team, so they got hot. But um, the Rays are a good team, so I'm going to go with Raising two. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to go down to the 2 7. Athletics win the West, 36 and 24. The White Sox stumbled into the playoffs, losing out on the division. There was a time they were the one seed in the American League, and then they stumbled all the way down to the seven. So they're 35 and 25. The White Sox, much like the Blue Jays, young team, inexperienced team, making the playoffs when a lot of team, what a lot of people didn't think they would this year. So athletics, they steal the West from the Astros, who had a terrible year, and the White Sox in Oakland. What happens when you don't cheat? Yeah, and we're going to get into that the, in the next series that we cover. But right now, it's athletics, White Sox, and... I like Giolito. I like Keuchel. I like the White Sox rotation and pitching. But I think the athletics, especially being in Oakland, Oakland's an impossible place to play, even with no fans. It's just a nightmare. I think Oakland wins the series. How many games? I disagree with you there. Uh, three. Three. Disagree. Yeah. Look, I, I saw a tweet last night. I don't remember it exactly what it I don't remember exactly what it was. But I think – I got to find it. Can you actually circle back to me because this is important. How, I don't get it wrong. Scott, before I ask you for your opinion, uh, how much does not having Matt Chapman hurt this athletics team, not only in this series but throughout the postseason if they advance? Yeah, I, I think it's huge. Uh, he's probably better than Arenado at third base. Um, he's that good defensively. His bat is still a little bit behind – um, but he's he's very important for that team. So I think I do think losing Chapman does hurt them. But the A's are also a team that has always found the next guy. So I don't. There's a chance that they can fill that hole. But I, I think the White Sox are really really good. I, I I love this team. Does it bother you that they lost like seven of eight to end the year? I, I think they were happy that they made the playoffs. Uh, I think they can turn it around. They do have uh, a couple guys that have been there before, and Encarnacion, Grandal's been there. I mean, take it for what you want. Dallas Keuchel has been there before. Cheater. Um, he's not as much of a cheater as the other guys on his team are because he was on the opposite end throwing the ball. But, yes, he still was a part of that team. Um but as you mentioned, Giolito is really good. Keuchel's had a good year. Uh, young kid in Dane Dunning has come up and pitched very well for them. 
Their bullpen is solid. Alex Colome has made himself a ton of money going into free agency this year. Uh, whoever is running the Phillies organization should probably give him a call because he's pitched 22 innings. He's pitched in 21 games and has a .81 ERA closing out games for them. Um, plus the, the new young kid, Garrett Crochet, comes up and throws bullets. Um, I like the White Sox, and I like the White Sox to actually make a run in the postseason. They're, they're a really good team. Um, Jose Abreu is probably going to win the MVP in the American League. Um, I, I like the I, I can take the White Sox in two. I, I think Ooh, they just I think they I think they blitz them. Now, how concerned are you? Obviously, you are concerned because you have the White Sox in two. How concerned are you with guys like Lizardo and Bassett going one two for Oakland? It's not your it's not your prototypical ace guy. Yeah, but Jesus Lazardo has really, really good stuff coming from the left side. Um, Chris Bassett has had a really good year for them, but I mean, I guess it, it's always the, the A's are never household names. So they could give them a run, but I, I just think the White Sox are going to hit, and they're going to hit a lot. So that's why I'm, I'm going White Sox in two. All right, got, Cash. Oh, you got it, Kai? Yeah. I didn't well, find the tweet. Go ahead. I didn't find the tweet, but I, I did some digging myself. So just based off the way the athletics are, their schedule was built this year in the AL West. They only won two games all year over, with, uh, over teams that finished with a 500 record or better. That's one game against the Padres, one game against the Dodgers. And actually, on their schedule – which includes the Mariners, the Rangers, the Rockies, the Giants, the Astros, the Mariners. I already said that. And then the uh, D-backs. Regardless, the Padres and the Dodgers are the only two teams that they played that finished over 500. And they only got two wins all wow, year. You're going to make so, me change my mind. Jesus. It's interesting. Like, And that's through no fault of their own because it's the schedule they were dealt. But – when you look at playoff baseball and you look at a team like the White Sox that are just, I guess, they have the ability to catch fire. And then their lineup is so deep and they have that young guy in Giolito who threw no hitter this year. You have Dallas Keuchel who has postseason experience and is a veteran. And then you just have a hungry young team looking to win. I just think this is a kind of a letdown spot for the A's. And I'm going to go with um, the White Sox in two. I just don't think Lizardo and Bassett can get it done. I just think, I mean, Lozardo being a lefty, we touched on this last episode, the White Sox ability to hit a left-handed pitcher is ridiculous. And even if Sean Manaya is that third starter, say it does go to a game three, he's a lefty as well. Bassett's a righty, but look, I just think this sets up very, very well for the White Sox to take this. Whether it's in two or three, I'm not sure, but I'm expecting Chicago to move on. How about you, Cash? I don't freaking know. <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to say athletics because I like the movie Moneyball. But I'm thinking after the stuff Tyler just spewed out, I'm going White Sox. So take that as you will. Lock it <laughs> in. Put I'm, I'm, lock it in. I've, a, never, after, I've never seen a more confident prediction in my uh, yeah, life. Yeah, after Cash's pick, I'm putting all the money on the I mean, White Sox. I, I don't know. I, I usually am pretty confident Lights in my analysis. picks. I, I usually am pretty confident in my picks, but I, I mean, I don't know. White Sox in it, four. I, I don't know. They're playing, an, right. they're playing an extra game? They're going to play an extra game because <laughs> I said so. So you guys all have White Sox. I'll be the lone athletics fan here in this series. One stat I want to throw at you about the athletics. At home, 22-10. and 10. Very confident team yep. at Oakland Coliseum. And I hate when the Yankees play there. When the Yankees play there, I expect them to get swept because they just never win there. It's a very tough place do. to play. I know that there's no fans, but, you know, it's still something to be home. I think Oakland will, with the benefit of home field advantage, will move on. So let's move on as well 
to the 3-6 matchup. That is the Twins coming in at 36-24 and and Cash's favorite team, the Astros, at 29-31. and Um, I think we're all going to pick against the Astros, I would assume. But let's talk about the Twins more specifically for a second. This is a team – this, they're not playing the Yankees. They're not playing the Yankees finally in the playoffs for the first time because every time they've made the playoffs, aside from like 2006 when they made the playoffs, 2003, 2004, 2010, 2009, 2017, 2019, all these years they play the Yankees and they've gotten you know, destroyed. They haven't moved on, obviously. This is – if the Twins don't win this series, that you it, – it, it's almost – you almost have to fold the whole franchise <laughs> – how are you? What series are you going to win if you don't win this series? Out of all the teams in the field, and we talked about this with the Braves, and I think the Athletics are in this conversation too. But teams that like need to win a series just for their franchises and their fan base's sake of winning a series, I think the Twins are right up there. They have to win the series because if they don't, with the offense that they have and they move the move the savvy moves like Maeda that they did in their pitching staff, if they don't win the series, that is a Utter failure on the part of the Minnesota Twins. They have to win the series. I was wondering what your guys' thoughts on that was. Yeah, I mean, the Twins finished at 36-24. and 24. Um, The one stat that really jumps out to me, and it kind of plays into this series, is they had the best record in the league at home at 24-7. and seven. Um, They were 18-12 and 12 against both teams over 500 and under 500. Um, the Astros being a team under 500. But you look at the other side of the coin, the Astros only won four games against teams over 500. They were 4-13 and 13, um, against good teams. And, look, I, I think it's interesting that the Twins, if, if it goes to a game three, are going to throw out Michael Pineda to pitch in a playoff series, do or die, which is wild. Oh, my God. Um, but I just think this doesn't even – actually, I can't even say I don't think it gets there because you have Zach Greinke going for Houston – in game one, it's still a talented lineup. I don't want to see Houston move on, but I think this is a, a series the Twins just have to win, like you said, Glenn. Like, I think it, it's just – I don't know. It's one of those things where I just think that the Astros have the ability to win, but the Twins really should, and I think they will. So I'm going to go Twins in three because Granke is pitching game one and scares me a little bit. I'm, I'm going to take Twins in two. I just think the Astros are are deflated. They're defeated. Um, They haven't looked good all year. You've seen the pictures of Jose Altuve where he just looks absolutely lost out there. Yeah, they're beautiful pictures. It looks like he's going to cry. Plus, the Twins are just – they're a really good lineup. Um, They – one in nine probably just everybody produces. We talked about him a little bit last week, but Byron Buxton is finally – starting to figure it out for them offensively. Um, and we questioned their pitching staff at the start of the year a lot. But Kenta Maeda has been really, really good. Um, Rich Hill's been – it's a limited amount of appearances, but he's been pretty good. Um, Pineda's been pretty good for them recently. Plus, their bullpen's pretty solid. Um, Tyler Clipper, Tyler Duffy, Trevor May. Um, plus – Sergio Romo, who's still out there doing it, throwing 72-mile-an-hour 72 sliders, throwing everybody off. Um, it, it, it's finally the Twins' time to, to advance in a round. So I'm taking Twins in two. Me too. Twins in two. Astros suck. Twins in two. This is what happens when you don't cheat. Uh, I agree. I think the Twins are going to win this as well. I think they'll win in three because I think the Astros, just based on pedigree and postseason experience, will squeak out one because I think they're they're too experienced. And, you know, record aside, too talented not to win at least one game in the series. Um, there's no Verlander. I don't think McCullers is healthy. Is he? Uh, he's, not sure. He's active, but... But he, they haven't named a game two starter. I don't know if that's strategic or they don't know who would it would be. But without Verlander and the way Altuve's played this year and just how bad the Astros have been this entire season, if the Twins don't win the series, like I said before, complete failure. The Twins have – this, this series was made for the Twins to win at home against a team that's limping into the playoffs, limped all season. 
So I think the Twins win in three. I think it's time for the Twins to win a series. I think they're under the most pressure in all of baseball to win a series because of how good their lineup is and you know how bad they've been in previous playoffs, not making it past the first round. So I think the Twins move on. So that leaves us with one series left. I strategically waited till the end to bring this one up. The number four seed Cleveland Indians, 35 and 25, take on the number five seed, the New York Yankees, 33 and 27. Um, game one will be tonight at seven o'clock, probably the best game one pitching matchup that we ha- they have to offer in Major League Baseball between Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber. Now, the neither the Yankees or the Twins really, you know, played well in the final week going into the playoffs. The Yankees a little bit worse than the Indians did, but they're all gonna, they're all going to say the same thing that you know the slate is wiped clean, the record's at zero, blah blah blah. I, when it comes to the Yankees, this team will go as far as Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge will take them. I'm not. I don't think that's a hot take. I think their best pitcher and best hitter should be the ones that take them where they go. The problem with that is not Cole. Judge, since he's come off the DLs, hasn't hit a home run. Really hasn't had a lot of great at bats. So that concerns me. But the Yankees do have LeMahieu and Voigt, who are the batting champion and the home run champion, respectively. Um, the, the Indians have a great lineup. Um, the Indians have great pitching behind um, their ace and Bieber, and the Yankees have Tanaka. And then game three is kind of a toss-up between Happ and Garcia. So it's going to be interesting. I think that for I think the Indians are favored in this series. I think they should be favored. But I think this whole thing rides on – will the Yankees get the clutch hits that they need? If they do, they'll go on. And if they don't, they won't. I think it's as simple as that. No, I mean, look, I think as far as the Indians are concerned, I think that the Yankee, like the Yankees lineup can get to those guys. I think game one is going to be tough. It's going to be a pitcher's duel. But I think as it goes on, guy like Zach Plesak and, or Carlos Carrasco, like they're not the studs. I mean, Carrasco used to be more of a stud than he is now. He's kind of at the tail end of his career here. And Zach Plesak is more of the opposite, where he's kind of coming into his own, and he it's a first playoff experience for him, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But the Yankees lineup, I just feel like is going to – if we can steal game one, and I say we as in the Yankees, because clearly we are the Yankees. Um, I say it a lot. But we're on the roster. Yeah, we're on the roster. Um, I, I just – if we can steal game one, I feel like going forward, it's you getting one of that of those two is not going to be too difficult. I know that they've been slumping. I know it's been tough, um, but playoff baseball is playoff baseball. And I think they're going to really hunker down and, and, and get this done. I just feel like it's, it's just one of those things where you just got to ride the team with the best talent. And I think they're going to do whatever they can to win back to the small ball argument. Uh, I think if they have to get a bunt down, they're going to do it. I think they're going to play to score their runs. Um, any way they possibly can and really fight and kind of dog it out for the whole series. You think they're going to change their whole philosophy? Why do you think they're going to do that? Because in the past, well, in the past in the playoff baseball, they haven't done that. I, I just think it's it's a completely different game with a three game series to the point where you can't afford. I could not disagree with you more. Okay. I, I wish I could. I would, I would love to see them play small ball, but they've never done that in the past, which is why they don't make it out of the, the LCS ever. I don't know. I they haven't been like in the World Series since 2009. Run. They have teams that are good enough to win the World Series, but if you go cold for two or three games, and we've seen that, like I said, and you don't hit a home run, that's it. Game over. Who's Your series is done. This, who's bunting on this lineup? Nobody. Because if you're going to tell me, now I'm going to get, um, now here we go. Now I'm awake. Now I'm getting heated. If you're going to tell me that they're going to bunt, then you would expect Brett Gardner to bunt with no outs, and there's nobody on the whole left side of the freaking infield. But why hasn't he done that? You know, well, he I don't did think that on Saturday or Sunday, I believe, on a 3-0 count. I was like, what are you doing on a 3-0? But, you know, just besides the point. Go ahead. My, my point is, you haven't done that all season. Why are they going to do that in the playoffs? Yeah, I get it. It's playoff baseball, but they've never done it in the past. They've never how changed the way. It, it, how do you know it's going to succeed if you never tried it in the, in the regular they've season? They've never – I'm saying in the playoffs even. You know, in the last year, why didn't they do that? They were cold. Why, you got a guy on. Why aren't you punting him over? Why aren't we playing small ball? They don't do it ever. They're not going to do it now. And it's unfortunate. I just think they, t- they tasted enough 
defeat and hardships this year to the point where that conversation is going to at least come up a little bit because they've been struggling. And I think see, that see, I don't, they're gonna my be question like, oh, we for you, get Ty, is done. where in this lineup is someone going to bunt? Like, who's uh, the Look, guy? I'm not going to bunt Judge. I'm not going to bunt Stanton. But I think – and I probably You're wouldn't – You're not going to bunt Voight. You're not going to bunt LeMahieu. So, I don't think Glaber's question. ever see, bunted in his life. See, there's but, the But question. I think Glaber is a guy that needs to bunt. He needs to get that back I think down. Hicks can bunt. Oh, I would rather Stanton bunt than Glaber. You're out of your mind. Why? I don't think Glaber can bunt. I don't think Glaber has a the single – The swing and miss percentage is there. I don't think any single guy on that team knows how to lay down a bunt Except for DJ LeMahieu, but you're not taking the bat out of his hands. I've, I've, seen, I've seen Hicks bunt. But that takes away your best on base guy. It's, it's, the thing it's is, disgusting. I don't it doesn't matter. Nobody's above anything. Because you can be a home run hitter, but if you're not hitting home runs, you're useless. So then and that's why I just said I want Stanton to bunt. You called me crazy. Say it again? I just said I want never going to bunt. I want to stand the bunt. You just called me crazy about 10 seconds ago. He's not laying down a bunt. Yeah, those guys aren't going to lay down bunts. Like, that's crazy to even think of. But, like, but I'm you saying. Just said that you of... just... Are we watching the same thing? Are we listening to the what? same thing? So, would you pinch hit a guy like Glaber to, for Wade to get a bunt down? If the situation presented itself, yeah. I think you'd do anything at this point to score runs. They wouldn't do that. But I, I don't think grasping for straws like that is anything crazy to do like i don't know it's just like a frustrating thing tyler i, like I will run a... down your street butt ass naked if tyler wade gets pinch hit for glaber torres i think if it say it's like say it's extra innings no outs glaber's leading off with a man on second i would rather wade go up there drop that sacrifice bunt down get it to a guy like luke voigt Aaron Hicks or whoever's batting in that bottom half of that lineup to just put the ball in play and, and get you that run and win that blue game. In the face. You could say that to your blue in the face, and I agree with you. I would love that also. But I'm just telling you, I'm not saying what I think should happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen based off of what's happened in the past. They're going to want him to hit a two-run home run. Because I know what the they Yankees want him operate. to do, but that's why they're not going to win. That's what I'm saying. Those are reasons why. That's, I, what I, that's what I've been saying, and let's not forget, and I want to find the clip from the beginning of the season when, before the season started, I said that if the Yankees don't hit home runs, they don't win, and I got absolutely ostracized. Well, they're not hitting right. either. That's the thing. What? This is a team that can spray the ball around the field. They can get singles. They can get extra base hits. They can get home runs. But right now, they're not doing anything. That's the problem. I don't think it has they anything to do with They can get singles and doubles and triples, but if they don't hit home runs, they don't win. That's just statistically the, the, the problem. And, and the playoffs is all about starting pitching, and we can consistently say that starting pitching beats uh, – good starting pitching beats good hitting. Good pitching beats good hitting. We consistently say that, and that's what the playoffs are about. And the Yankees do not get it done in the playoffs, and that's why they haven't won a World Series to, since 2009. And that's why they won't win a World Series until they figure their shit out. Now, I'm a huge Brian Cashman fan. And that's no secret. I love Brian Cashman. I think the guy's a genius. However, they need to build this team a little differently. Because I'm with you. Your 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 starting lineup is DJ LeMay, who who the whole fan base loves, right? Why hasn't he gotten an extension yet? Why has he not been extended? Why has he not been given a hundred years for seven hundred million dollars? The dude, all he does is hit, but he hasn't been extended yet. Because he doesn't hit home runs. I think he will get extended, but that's not my point. All I right? think that's the reason we're going. Then you have Judge, who is a high-average guy, and Voight, who's a high-ish average guy. But then the rest of the lineup completely drops off. Glaber has not been Glaber this year. Stan, all he does is – it's literally a home runner strikeout for Stan. Uh, Hicks tries to hit the ball out of the park every time. He gets on base, but he, he, his average isn't great. Gardner has absolutely lost it, and now he's trying to hit home runs instead of trying to get a bunt down. Clint Frazier has played well, but he's not bunting. He's not playing small ball. Gary Sanchez is hitting .01739. I mean, the guy can't hit this year, and it's only a two-month season, so I'm not giving up on Sanchez. But my point is, your lineup is built to hit a home run one through nine, and that's a problem. This is a team sport. And the best teams win the game, not the best players. So you need a team that's going to complement each batter 
And the Yankees don't have that. And until they're built differently, they're not going to win a World Series. Bottom line. I'm with you there. I, I agree 100% because we see, you know, last year in the playoffs, the games they won, they won because of the home run. They won because in because Didi hit a grand slam in game two of the ALDS or Hicks hit a three-run home run against Verlander in game five of the ALCS. Like, when the Yankees win playoff games, you look at the highlights of those games, they're big home runs. And I don't think they've ever won a playoff game without hitting a home run in recent memory. So... In order for them to win this series against the Indians, they're going to have to take Shane Bieber deep, and they're going to have to take, you know, Plesac and Carrasco deep. That's easier said than done. Um, I think this is a series for the Yankees that is very dangerous. I wouldn't be shocked if they won the series. I wouldn't be shocked if they got swept. That's kind of the Jekyll and Hyde of this team throughout the entire series. They went 16-6, and six, then they went 5-15, and 15, then they went 10-0, and 0, and now they went 2-6. So are we going to get the good Yankees or the bad Yankees? And I think we're going to find out early if they're the good Yankees or the bad Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're right. Um, uh, you guys harped on the Yankees enough in their problems. The Indians are good. I, I thought I picked the Indians at the start of the year to uh, – actually, I picked them to go under, and they did by one game. So I, I win there. Um, but I thought they were going to fall off a lot more. Um, Shane Bieber has been phenomenal. Won the triple count for pitching. Um, he can, honestly, he could have won the MVP this year. He still could. Um, easily won the Cy Young. Carrasco and Fleezak have had good years. Um, Aaron Savali's had some good games for them. And Tristan McKenzie's come up from the minor leagues and has been really good for them as well. But then... It, we talked about it before, a team that has experience. They've been to a World Series. Um, Carlos Santana, Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez were the core to their World Series run in 2016 when they lost to the Cubs, and they're still all there. Jose Ramirez had a bounce-back year. A lot of people were pushing for him to be uh, MVP based off of his, his war. I know people, not everyone loves war, but he's had a good year. Um, they brought in a guy from the Phillies and Cesar Hernandez who, who just hits. Um, I, I think the Yankees have a chance to win if they can somehow beat Bieber tonight. That's a tough task, a really mm-hmm. tough task. Because um, like in the next couple of games after that, you know, Tanaka has always been good in the postseason. And depending on what version of Jay Happ you get, um, in game three is uh, like there's an edge there because he's been in the postseason versus a guy in Zach Flezak who hasn't been in the postseason. I know all you guys, you guys are all taking the Yankees just because you you want them to, or are you guys going to pick the Indians? Because I'll pick the Indians just for the sake of being different. So. My gut will tell me the Indians will win the series, but I will pick the Yankees because I will go down with the ship, and that's just what I'll do. Um, I think I, I know I said Judge and Cole are going to take them as far as they could. I need to see more out of Stan in the playoffs. I think this is a big three-game set for him. Oh, you're going to be disappointed. What about Glaber? I expect disappointment. That's just who Glaber? I am. Why doesn't Glaber hit? Glaber hasn't hit. Sanchez doesn't hit. None of them hit. None of them hit. It's a problem. It's a serious problem. So are they are they going to win? Uh, no. You taking the Indians? No, I'm not taking the Indians. I'm taking the Yankees. Okay. But they're not going <laughs> to win. Ty, Ty, what do you got? Yankees in three. All right. Most That's confident it. selection of the Yankees, right there. I'm it, telling you, Cash was on a great fire front, today, Scott. It's a great front to put on for the viewers. <laughs> I'm dead inside. I'm dead inside. We're just waiting. I got to tell you, Cash was on fire today with his picks. He, the, he So animated, so passionate about it. Look Very at his face. Very well prepared, ready to go, ready to explain, open book. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm really excited. Um, we're going to wrap things up in a second, but I just want to say like, especially like Tuesday and Wednesday, but especially Wednesday, do you have, do you guys see the schedule that's for Wednesday? 
every game All being played. Every day. It's like an NFL There's going to be four games on at once. It's going to be the NCAA tournament, but for baseball, I think that's like heaven. It's so, how sports should be. Um, let's not forget. Can I give a shout out to my Lakers for making the finals? No, you can't. Well, I just fucking did. So you here you go. Shout out to the Stars for winning the Stanley Cup. Or no, the Lightning won the oh Stanley Cup. Wow, God. you're an wow. idiot. <laughs> wow. Cut it. Oh, At least man. it wasn't the Islanders. Um, you know, shout out to the presidential debate for happening. Let's just shout out everything. Good. All right. Good. We're, we're all done. All right. So we went through every wild card series. Um, we'll be back at some point this week, depending on how things fall in baseball. If the Yankees get eliminated in two, we'll be, we'll hop right on. Um, if anything interesting happens, you know, a bad manager, manager decision, um, a crazy extra inning game, anything that the playoffs has to offer. If something big happens, we're going to hop on. We're going to talk about it. Even if it's for just 20 minutes, we're going to, we're going to be all over this 2020 MLB postseason here on base hit ball four. It's going to be a fun month. Because this is the last month of baseball we're going to have for, for, for a while. So we're going to enjoy it. So that'll just do it for the first edition of the playoff, you know, episodes of Base Hit Ball 4. And we will be back at some point this week for Tyler Bloom and Six, Scott Roswald, and Alex Cashman. My name is Glenn Negris. Go Yankees, and we'll see you soon.